Must be another pickup. I thought we had everybody. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to another excellent bonus episode of Mandovision. <laughs> Banthadrax bonus episode of Mandovision. My goodness, we're off to a rocky start already, but that kind of fits with today's episode. Nargai Tom, thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad to have you here. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, mandivisiontom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? We're back with another bonus episode for the week. And and what a, what a great way to roll into the weekend, right? We have a little bonus show for you. And listen, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, as my friend Reagan likes to say, it's a little bit of truth time. I want to I wanna confess a little bit. This episode of the show was supposed to be very, very different in my mind, uh, but we, if we are, we are adaptable, if nothing else. And sometimes, you know, you just go where the conversation takes you, and you have a lot of fun along the way. This episode was originally going to be just sort of Reagan and I talking about why the hows and whys uh, that we love Rogue One so much. Why it's, it's possibly one of our favorite. I think it's definitely our favorite of the new Star Wars films. Uh, right up there with Solo, actually. Uh, but but it might be, you know, a couple notches above just because of sort of like the weight and the gravity of the, of the film in particular. And we definitely get onto the... We, de- we definitely talk about that a bit. But, you know, as is our uh, want sometimes, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, side quests that we go on. There are a lot of uh, side adventures and, and, and detours and U-turns. And, uh, you know, the Rogue One conversation is in there. But there's a lot of other Star Wars stuff in there, like Juicy Nuggets, us kind of waxing r- r- rhapsodic about uh, uh, 
the old Star Wars expanded universe and and some of those uh, those 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 Halcyon days of yore, if you will. And and it's a lot of fun. It's it's like I said, it's not the show that I envisioned when we were kind of planning this out. Uh, but but again, you know, sometimes you just go where the road takes you. And and I, I think we had a really fun Star Wars conversation. And so maybe it wasn't what I had in my mind, but it's still an episode that I want to share with you wonderful, wonderful people who like to listen to the podcast and, and hopefully get a kick uh, out of those episodes when Reagan and I get together and, and just kind of just let our uh, Star Wars freak flags fly high because that's kind of what this one is. I mean, if you have any doubt about how long we've been Star Wars fans, holy smokes, we bring up some obscure stuff. Just like We reference some stuff that's just like, who remembers that? Us. Uh, us and Wikipedia. That's kind of it. <laughs> so, it's a, like I said, it's a fun one. We get into some stuff for uh, Rogue One, you know, in, in, in trying to uh, build even more hype for Andor, which debuts next week on, on uh, September 21st, dropping its first three episodes. And we will be here just on September 21st reviewing those set first three episodes of the, pod, of, the, of the show on the podcast for you uh, later that day. So, yeah, this was supposed to be kind of kind of like, oh, let's talk about Rogue One and get all hyped up for for Andor. Uh and and we start that way. But stick around for all the all the side quests that we go on in the conversation because it is, it is a lot of fun. And I think you will have a good time. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the conversation. Let's have some fun. Remember uh that just, you know, this is this is the kickback episode of the show. You know, we're not getting into, uh, it, it's just a fun one. Let's just put it that way. I think that's the best way to put it. This is just a fun conversation, a Star Wars conversation, and uh, enjoy. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. You meant K2? Charming. He tends to say whatever comes into his circuits. It's a byproduct of the reprogram. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of it. Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. You're letting her keep it. Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? It's high. Let's get going. It's very high. All right, joining us all the way from Maryland, our good friend Reagan from the Come On, It's So Good podcast. How are you doing, buddy? Good. A greetings, programs. <laughs> Welcome back. You got your sweet Darth Vader glass going on. You're ready. You're pumped. Your, your, your bucket's right behind you. I can see it. Your bucket adjacent at the moment. Good on you. Yeah. I got a bucket. I really have looked into buying several buckets, and I was like, should I be that guy that just has a bunch of, like, Star... I mean, I got the, the Lego Star Wars helmets, but should I get, like, real, like, cosplay quality? Like, not the plastic ones you can get from, like, Target. No, no, no. Not like those those cheapy ones that they have at Halloween yeah. time. I mean, I did have uh, one from the Mandalorian, and in my hand at Target yesterday, I was like, "Plastic, I can't have this." No, you got yeah. If you're gonna get it, you gotta get the good ones. 
Yeah, I want it made out of Beskar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a basic requirement. Yeah. I get it. I respect that. Get In case it? someone takes a pot shot at me, I'll be okay. That's right. I mean, that's the you kind know, of... You know, I'm definitely going to wear them. That's the kind of world we live in. you got to be prepared for all situations at all times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm delighted to have you here because... Um, we're, you know, we're getting ready for Andor coming up. We're going to be living in the dark times. And, and what better time, what better occasion to revisit the, the movie that introduced us to Cassie and Andor uh, than to talk about Rogue One, probably my favorite of the new Star Wars movies that have come out. Which is, you know, it's saying a lot because, you know, we did Solo, and I love Solo. Yeah. But Rogue One, from the jump, was my jam. I mean, this might be my second favorite Star Wars movie. Period, right? You're right, Period. You're right there. I love this movie. It's, ah, yeah, and I, I should say, we were hoping to have a little bit more of a discourse because my brother is on the other side of the fence. Mark is, is not the Rogue One uh, supporter, enthusiast that we are. So we were hoping to have a bit more Crazy. of a dynamic conversation, but schedules being what they are, uh, it's just going to be a love fest. We just that's <laughs> right. I was about I, to say, let's get this love fest on. <laughs> yeah. You and I just going to sit here and ooze from the heart about this movie. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what? <'cause, laughs> I mean, not only did I watch the movie for this podcast, but I went and got the audiobook and listened to a 12-hour audiobook to get a little more insight because I wanted to know what the characters were thinking. You want to get in the heads, in their heads. Yeah. Yeah. I can't recommend the audiobook. It's the Star Wars does great audiobooks. They do. Top quality. They put so much presentation into them. Mm-hmm. Little beeps and sounds. Blast lightsabers. Yeah, oh, some, some of the John great. Williams score makes it in there. It's oh, yeah. This one definitely had some John Williams stuff in it. Well, before, it's amazing. We, before we dive too deep, we're going to do something that we we would normally do on my other podcast, but like since it's you and me, like let's kind of let's just put it out there. Reagan, what are you drinking for this podcast? Oh. Glad you asked. I am drinking Wicked as Sin from Pryor Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. And from what I've heard, they also have a place in San Diego. <laughs> they they sure do. And I've been there a couple different times. Uh, I'm drinking a beer from a brewery out here called Made West. They're up in uh, Ventura. And they have a lovely tasting room on a pier right over the ocean. It's pretty rad. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, this is a collaboration they did with Alvarado Street. It's part of their short-lived collaboration series. So it's Made West, Alvarado Street, and it's a hazy IPA. Mm. I, I did this for you, Reagan. I had a hazy on the show for you. Sounds good. Yeah, nice seven percenter. All the all the haze, all the juice, all the goodness. Right? I don't know. If, oh, that looks nice and juicy. I'm trying to get that right in the camera for you. No, no one else can good. see it, but um, Reagan's giving it the thumbs up. That's a good. I give it the thumbs up. That <laughs> that looks like a good, tasty beer. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. What, what, uh, um, I don't know, just talk to me about Rogue One. Like, what, what the first time you saw this, let's, let's go back to when the first time we saw this, what, like in what, December 2016 or whatever it was? Yeah, the, what, what it come out, like December 20th, let's say. Something. Came out right before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, this was our Christmas. I saw it opening night. Of it was a big deal. I told my wife, gotta go, mm-hmm. gotta make it happen. And this was one of the first, like, wife bucks I cashed in where I was like, no matter what, I gotta clean, what chores I need to do, what honey. We got to be there, and she agreed, because at this time she had no interest in Star Wars at all. Okay, fair. She's not the biggest well, fan. Of it. Not, she watches it for me. Yeah, I shouldn't say that's fair at all. That's completely unfair. Mm-hmm. But at least, at least she'll she'll go and tolerate it with you. Right, right. <laughs> and so, I was completely blown away. Where'd you go? 
Uh, we saw the Regal Cinemas here in Laurel. Okay, at a, at a nice Regal. Just probably packed. Yeah, house. brand brand new Regal. Wait, did I see it? I might have saw it at the Egyptian. Okay. Depend depending on the year, I think the Regal was open then. I'm old and I forget when movie theaters open. So. <laughs> But uh, you know, like you said, opening night, packed house. I'm assuming, yeah. right? You know, yeah, loud yeah. crowd. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the Lucas film, or you know, the green comes up and the clapping starts. Are you a clapper? Sometimes you fall into it. I don't think I clapped. Then I was like, "People, calm down. The movie's starting. <laughs> let's watch the movie. Let's, let's let's get serious. Get your game faces game on. Face on." Agreed. And that's why when, when it starts and there's no crawl, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> We're immediately in for a different story. Yes. They didn't tell me what was happening at all, and I liked it. Let me I, – I, I don't think I've shared this story on MandaVision. Um, but if I have – if I'm repeating myself, bear with me. The first – I saw this opening night as well. I was going with a couple friends. We were gonna to go to this theater called I'm gonna and I'm gonna put them on I'm gonna put them on blast here. It's called the Lot. They're they're over in the Point Loma area here in San Diego, and it's one of these sort of like more high end, quote unquote, theater going experiences where you got like the big comfy, mm. le, you know, leather recliner seat, and um, uh, you have the option for like food to be delivered to your seat and everything like that. If you hit the little button, like the, the guy will come and take your order and do all this stuff, right? How disturbing is that during a movie? Hold on. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but the, again, the, the thing is, you hit the button, and that lets them know, like, hey, I'm gonna go check on that seat, and like, other than that, they're not supposed to really interrupt your cinematic experience. Sure. And by and large, like, I took care of myself. I got my popcorn, and my soda before ahead of time, so I'm comfy. I'm good. I don't need to call that guy, and I really don't want to call that guy during the movie because I'm gonna be locked in, focused, you know, just blinders on. I'm not going. I'm not. Looking right and left, I'm just on the screen, on the screen, on the screen, and things are going fine. The movie's playing out nicely. We're okay. We got to feel a little bit of a rocky start because the the sound didn't come on right away at first, but they 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 quickly quickly adjusted that, got it back on, so we didn't didn't miss anything. All right, so still going all right, still going all right. <laughs> we get to the Battle of Scarif. <laughs> right, like, we're in the thick of the Battle of Scarif. Like we're at the part now where like the Death Star's looming. It's gonna fire. It's gonna kill the the, the the our our heroes, and and we're about to get to like the Vader sequence, right? Like we're like right yeah. there, and this uh. this dude, and I'm I'm it's taking every ounce of my body to not swear right now. <laughs> this dude <laughs> comes up to check on us as what? all these things are happening, and I I kind of lost it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and he's talking. I was like. What the F are you doing? Get out of here. And that's what I said, and I went back to watching the movie. <laughs> and now, I sort of shooed him away rudely, and I don't care. <laughs> could there have been a moment where you accidentally hit the call button? No. No, no, no. I, I, I checked uh, and it, I checked a couple times, and I asked my friends, like, you didn't hit anything? No. You didn't hit anything? No. <laughs> he just came up. Right. I didn't I know if like, you got so polite. excited during that battle, <laughs> you were just clicking buttons and <laughs> no. screaming and hooping and hollering. <laughs> no. I, I checked. I didn't want to be completely out of line, but I was just like, you got to go, man. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I would have I lost my mind. And, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty upset about it. The only thing that redeemed 
the experience uh, was at the uh, after you know the credits roll and you know, we're all coming out of the theater. Uh, somebody was there with their their homemade R two D two unit, which was pretty awesome. So I got to take a picture with that. <laughs> that, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Did you go like back and forth and like beep boop beep boop like at the end of a uh, a New Hope when he's celebrating? <laughs> if if it could do that, it wasn't doing that for me. Uh-huh. But this, I mean, g- good on that guy. Like that thing was that R two was legit. But Man, I haven't seen cosplay in a while some guy was dressed as spider-man for the last spider-man movie but i don't know if he worked for the theater there was just a random spider like he wasn't like he was taking tickets but he didn't have like an id badge or anything what if it was really toby mcguire it might have been toby mcguire like he had the mask on the whole time you, you could have been working dealing with a celebrity and had no idea that's true. I did just show him my phone and be like, you know, stay back from me. Just scan. Like, let me, you know. <laughs> so so I had a very interesting first cinematic experience with Rogue One, but I went back, like, the next day and watched it again uh, and was undisturbed the entire time, yeah. which was a delight. Well, my, after we left the movie, my wife saw just the look of pure joy on my face and be like, that was amazing. She And I was like, I would really like to see it again. She was like, really? I was like, Yeah. She she said to me, she's like, you never really go see movies again until they come out on DVD and buy them immediately. I'm like, well, I'd like to see this one again. She said, okay, we'll come back next week. And I was like, really? We got the exact same seats nice. in another packed theater. Nice. And watched it all over again. And it was just as good. It was still amazing the whole time. Yeah. What what were some of the things that stood out to you about Rogue One that made you, that made it, you know, like you said, like probably your second favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, the characters are great like andor's awesome jen urso has become one of my favorite you know i i've always been drawn to like the underbelly type characters who who aren't not they're not bad you know bad guys no they're kind of gray but yeah they're they're doing what they need to do to get by and survive mm-hmm. and I, so you know i'm drawn to those type of characters um bays and um Cheerit. Cheerit, thank you. I was going to call him Cheetle or Cheaty. And I was like, that's not his name. That's the good place. Like, <laughs> they're two of my favorite characters in all Star Wars now. And I really want more, more of them because they have some great stuff in the book where it's like they're going through their thoughts and their, their emotions as they're doing. Like the, I'm the one with the force scene when he's activating the switch. You know, he's talking about, like, feeling the wind on his face as, you know, as his, as his last moments are happening. Right, right. And I found out what that backpack is from the book, where it's just a big energy battery. Yeah, man. That's, that gun needs, needs a lot of power. Yeah, and I was like, that makes total sense. But, like, in the book, you find out, like, it's really hot. It's really heavy. And I was like, man, he is trucking with that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it introduced us to a, a lot of interesting concepts for Star Wars that, like, maybe had been alluded to in in like you know early drafts of, of of Lucas's scripts, you know, like like the Guardians of the Wheels and things like that. So yeah. so kind of ex- like picking that up a little bit and kind of fleshing that out in a new fun way, uh, and and not so much like we weren't inundated with all this new information, but just kind of like we were just in this world in this in this you know story, and it's like hey, check these things out, <laughs> and like it's yeah. Again, I, to, like you said, the characters really sing in this. I I think they are very it, it, enjoyable. 
and the the look is amazing because it's it's that grimier Star Wars. It's not clean. Yes, yeah, that lived in Star and Wars. A, that we're more yeah. used to. And a lot of when they even in like prequels and stuff, they'll still make like Star Trek Discovery. When they do a prequel of a show, but it's twenty years later, it can't help to look more future. You know, mm-hmm. more futuristic, cleaner, sharper. You know, better. Yeah. And this this has a great lived in feel. Everything looks like it, it would in 1977. Yeah, I think Star Wars has done a really great job over the years, just trying to like, keeping their visual aesthetic, you know, the way it is. Like the prequel era looks very, you know, like you said, it's shiny, and shiny, chrome. lustery, uh, and 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 you know, kind of more newish, you know. And then it's it's sort of you know, you get to the imperial era, and it's yeah, it's like I was it's very used, worn out, lived in. <laughs> Neglected, maybe even in some cases. You know, and a I, lot of it's very neglected. <laughs> I got a, I got a real. I mean, and we knew he was going to be in this from the trailers, but it, I, I was really delighted to to see sort of like the progression of Saul Guerrero's character. You know, right. I need more Saul Guerrero stuff. I mean, and Force, like I love him. He's not getting any younger. If we're going to do something with that character, I know he had stuff in in uh, the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. The, the character is there? Does he do stuff in the books, or is he more comic? No, he's he's uh, more of the animated series, and he's also just that's you, you catch up with him in Rebels as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's spent more time in there. I, th- we, I mean, there is some stuff in the comics, um, and I think he's referenced it in a couple novels, but no, no one's spent like a lot of in depth time he, with him. He seems like a character that's ripe for more storytelling, especially yeah. between him being part of the Rebels. And their their eventual divorce, where they stand apart now. I mean, not to get too far ahead of our our conversation, but that definitely feels like ground they might start covering in the Andor in Andor, series. Yeah, and I, I'm actually sort of hoping we get a little bit more from him in in the Bad Batch when that comes back in in a few months. I would like to see them kind of keep that going, historian and animation stuff. I'm like, he doesn't do the voice though. They they have someone else to do saw for the voice for the. If he comes back for the Bad Batch, would they I just would, get? I would have to double check that because I I I, I want to say that he did do the voice in the Rebels in the Rebels series, but I, I could be wrong. No, he's did, he's okay. a lot younger. I could be very wrong about that. I cannot remember off the top of my head. Well, I'm a big fan of his, and I really like his performance in this. Mm-hmm. And one, like, after reading the book and hearing how like almost hurt he is that he thinks Jen has come to kill him. Yeah. And then rewatching the movie and seeing the the pain and anguish that Forrest Whitaker puts into his face when he's like, You're here on today of all days. It's like, God, he he's killing this. It's, it's so good. It's so heartbreaking. It it's a it's a performance that I really enjoyed because it, it sort of reminds me of it's it, it sort of reminds me of, of Brando in Apocalypse Now. You know, it's 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 you know, very Kurtz. Yeah, yeah. Like broken Yeah, and like has seen too much. Paranoid. <laughs> yeah. He just lived through all of it, and then like physically, his transformation, you know, especially from when we meet him in in season five of the Clone Wars, you know, as this this young upstart on Onderon, to to where we find him in Rogue One, where he's kind of like in in a sense, he's kind of becoming Darth Vader because he's very mechanical. He has yeah. the prosthetics. He has these breathing apparatuses. You know, the, the cost of war, the toll of war on him. It, it, you know, it's kind been of very high. That. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this guy's been fighting his entire you're, life. You're here to kill me. There's not much man left to kill. <laughs> yeah, 
It's a, it's a really, it's a really, I think, again, I agree with you. It's a really nice performance. And, and, and he it's and, a really and Jen quick. have a really, I, you know, like you said, that I, you could write another book just fleshing out Jin and his time together, you know, her training yeah. and stuff. And I know there's a little bit of that in, in the, the, oh, I can't remember the Jin Urso prequel book now. I want to say it was Rebel Rising or something. Does that sound familiar? I, I, I haven't read that okay. one. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go look for it now because I want to read yeah, more I, I think that, Jen Urso stuff. Yeah, I think that one covers some of her time with Saul, but I, I'm, again, I, mm, I might be misspeaking. But yeah, I mean, show, show more of that. Show more of that stuff. That it, it, the 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 period between episode three and episode four is one of my favorite era, eras yeah. to explore because there, there's so much to kind of do. You know, you, you can get to a lot of different stuff. Well, that's when I, when we first when this movie starts and they're on, um, you know, the the farm planet. Yeah. And Ben Mendelsohn's there, and he's he's getting them. I was trying to think of the time. So that's probably like five years. That the empire has been around. It's a pretty new empire. Cause no, that, she because she's like what? Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. Yes, yeah. Sorry. So that's like five years yes. after that. Because it's been fifteen years since that day. Yeah, they they they. So I, I was just, so that's when like Obi Wan is on his adventure. Yeah, I guess that's when the, right. the same kidnapping. The, so that's around. The, I'm just trying yeah. to piece. I was trying to piece together Star Wars timeline stuff. No, don't do that. That's always dangerous. I, it's <laughs> it's dangerous, but it's kind of fun at the same got, time yeah. to think what's going on where. Yeah, I'm trying. Try, I don't remember exactly how that timeline pans out. Uh, you know, the Catalyst book is is what sort of sets all those events in motion of of Galen and and um, I forgot his wife's name. Uh, going to that farming planet to hide from Krennic yeah, and to the hide. Empire. Um, yeah, I can't... I, I know they weren't there for too long. They got a couple years, I think, before Krennic catches up to him. So I'm not sure if it's that five-year period or not, but it's it's definitely but between... It's around. You know, between, I would say so between was, three and five years. Was was Urso a scientist for the New Republic? Yes. In that, that book? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how like uh, Krennic first comes in contact with him. Right. They say in the, the book that they were friends and, and they came up in the program. And I assume they were both New Republic guys. Yeah. and I'm, I'm Who became to... Empire guys. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But the, the, the cool thing about Catalyst, and, and you know, obviously they, they do a little bit of, of this in Rogue One, but is, uh, I really enjoyed in Catalyst, my favorite part of Catalyst, I should say, is, is sort of uh, highlighting that rivalry between Krennic and Tarkin. That that's one of the yeah, they they do that in the book as well. Yeah. Krennic is not a big fan of Tarkin. Not a fan, <laughs> and I get it. Tarkin's <laughs> kind of a kind of a bad guy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but he's a, got that intimidation factor that, that uh, Krennic just doesn't have. <laughs> I Krennic's really good in this movie too, though. Ben Mendelsohn is fantastic. Again, another strong, really strong performance. I almost wish they had him doing more in the flick. Yeah. I mean, when he yells, my achievement, not yours, is probably one of my favorite lines in this movie, and it's just so quick, and it's over. And also because you yell that at your spouse all the time. I do, all the time. I mean, spoilers, it's never really my achievement. You know, I'll take credit for that's it. What you, that's what you say when you get back from walking the dogs. Boom! <laughs> Drop that one on her. Well, because then I got, like, dog poop or something that I got to get rid of. That's not my achievement. I'll, I'll give her that achievement. This is your achievement, not mine. <laughs> Silly. Silly boy. <laughs> well, I mean, since we're, since we're, ta- 
I don't know. I mean, we can talk about Rogue One and its greatness, which we are. But mm-hmm. let's let's talk about our, 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 you know, let's talk about Cassian. What was your first read oh. on Cassian since we're, we're leading up to the show? You know? Well, when we first meet Cassian, he murders his friend. <laughs> his, his contact. You know, friend might be a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Some guy he had a relationship with. Yes. And, and that's, that's when I knew this was going to be a, a different kind of Star Wars story. It did help set a tone. Yeah, cause I, I don't think, you know, Princess Leia is going to be uh, shooting one of those rebel soldiers in the beginning of A New Hope. Oh, and that was one of the things I, I definitely gravitated towards as well. Is like, is is that like, oh, the the Rebel Alliance has got a lot of like, you know, it's shady not the, dudes. It's, yeah, it's not like the shiny, bright beacon of of hope that maybe some people want it to be in other aspects of the resistance of the rebellion. You know, like there, someone's got to get their hands dirty to to make these things happen. And yeah. so, kind of getting to explore that with the character, I thought was really cool. And like you said, I mean, he, yeah. much like Jin, you know, another character kind of working his way through through the gray, you know, not black and white. Yeah, and when when he doesn't shoot Jalen or so, Galen, Galen, I mix the two names Galen. together. Yeah, Jalen or <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in the book, he, he's thinking about like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's got to be like another way. Basically, he wants to stop murdering for <laughs> for the goal for the cause, or yeah, it's, it's and so- I like that aspect of it where he's just tired of hurting people. He's tired of being hurt. I mean, we're going to get a a very different Cassian in it, the television show. I think it's going to be really fun to explore uh, how the character kind of gets shaped into what we meet him in and as Rogue One because his his um. When he has, when he begins having these confrontations with with Jin, when she is forcing him to confront the things he's done, you know, I, I want to meet the character who gets to that point. I'm, I'm excited to see the yeah. things that it takes for him to be this boy from six years old, you know, who's been in this battle since then. Which I'm assuming when his parents get killed by the Empire, I, I could be wrong, but, but I think it's a safe assumption his parents will be terminated by the Empire. <laughs> I think his, I, well, I think they're killed by the Republic. Wouldn't they be killed by the Republic? How old is Andor supposed to be? I assumed he was closer to thirty. Yeah, you might be right. Than twenty. I mean, is it? Well, and he says he has no love. Didn't he say he had no love for the Jedi? Or am I thinking of another book? I think you're thinking of. Some, I think you're thinking of another book. I think. Oh, I think I am. He might have said that. I think it's got to be right, the Empire. He, <laughs> it's got to be right. right. Maybe he's only like twenty-five, twenty-six. I just assumed he was older. Like I thought he was more like a. Han Solo, to a because Jen's twenty three, twenty four. Well, the good news is, is we'll get our answer soon. <laughs> we will, we will. But yeah, I mean, I want to see those experiences that shape him uh, into that character who is sort of you know a, a, lot, a lot colder. You know, like what what transpires to take this boy into that into that man? Like what what tragedy? What loss? What things does he have to do? Like what uh, you know? Again, like, how much of your conscience do you have to kill to become? Uh, a, a republic spy, a republic, you know, asset, you know, in, a, in or I'm sorry, not republic, a, a rebel, a rebel asset, a rebel yeah. asset, you know, rebel agent. A lot, but I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah, it's, I like spycraft stuff. So, yeah, I yeah. like watching star troopers get shot. 
so, I'm so sure there's going to be a bunch of that. His his journey and I, I really I really like his arc in Rogue One from from when we catch him like you said as he, as he's killing his contact slash friend. I'll, I'll I'll throw you a bone on that one. Maybe they're, maybe they're friends. Maybe they had a couple beers together. Acquaintance. It's still someone he's probably <laughs> split a beer with. Yeah, it is like you know nobody did anything wrong to him. You know? yeah. it, the guy just had a hurt hand. Yeah. So from there, he <laughs> couldn't climb. You know, when and he gets murdered because when he's of it. ordered to kill Galen Erso. When he when he can't kill Galen Erso. When he has to go to the rebels to the headquarters, and he knows that Jin's going to plead this case, and they're not going to listen to her. But he's like, "No, she's right, though. We got to do this." You know, yeah. I, I, I and just, then he, I love that him, character. I was so in on that character, and the way we we get to meet and spend time with him. Oh, absolutely! And he he gets all the other rebels who are also tired, yeah, of doing all this terrible things that they've had to do for the cause. And I imagine it's a little disheartening to be in that that meeting where the first thing that's said is, well, they got a Death Star. We should surrender and give up. Like, what? (laughs) Well, again, it's sort of it's that seemed to me as a sort of an interesting commentary on on the weak will of of politicians. Of some of the the, some of the the council. They're they're, they're into like the ideology there. And maybe they, they think there's some sort of diplomacy that can be achieved or whatever. They're not open. They're not ready for open warfare. Meanwhile, General Radis is like, let me at him. I'm going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love General Radis. is awesome. He, he, he just heard the phone call where it's like, oh, we got rebels here. He's like, get to my ship. Come on, let's go. Quick. <laughs> let's hit it. They won't ever know. They'll never find out. <laughs> Baller. <laughs> hey, the Mon Calabari. Come on. They're ready to go. They've been oppressed by the I mean, Empire. That battle, the, the battle at Scarif is awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. The space battle. The, the even the the beach the Saving Private Ryan style beach mm-hmm. combat is great, you know it has everything you want. It has ATATs in it. It has X wings. It's got all the stuff. Storm it's, it's all the Star Wars. It's all, like like jungle troopers. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm always excited to meet new classifications of stormtroopers. That's always fun to see new ones. That's armor. Yeah. And we got the we got the Death Squad commandos too, which is pretty awesome. Why does Krennic is the only one with the Death Squad guys? Because that, they didn't think of him until this movie. So, you know, they had to... Kind of... I know. I get that. <laughs> but you see them, like, five years, you know, when they're when they're kidnapping Galen. Right. He has them with him. And then it's ten years later, and he still has the same squad with him. Oh, I definitely think Krennic has, like, this overinflated sense of self-importance. So he's like, oh, oh a, I a got, to, I got yeah. to have this squad around me to keep me safe at all times, because... I'm A number one. I'm the Duke of New York. <laughs> and he's not the Duke. No, you know he's mean? not. Because <laughs> Kurt Russell, no, okay, I'm not going to do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> we will not talk about Escape from New York, even though I could. <laughs> we could talk about Escape from L.A. if that makes you feel better. He plays <laughs> basketball in that one. He does play basketball in that one. Oh, man. Uh, let oh, me ask you something. Did they poison of... him in that one? Did they poison him? <laughs> Never mind. doesn't matter. I mean, they're he very gets poisoned similar. in one, and then it's like a bomb in the other, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're let, good and fun movies. Let me ask you uh, your opinion on something, all right? So okay. The, Rogue One is is credited to director Gareth Edwards, but it's widely known that, that uh, Tony Gilroy comes aboard and does a lot of reshoots, restructures a lot, a lot of the third act, and, and he's the guy who's doing the Andor show. If you're Gareth Edwards, how do you feel about a lot of this? 
You're like, I sort of created that character, and like, they're moving on without me. <laughs> I think he should just be happy that he, w- he was part of it. He got to play in the sandbox and make a great movie. He did, and then he got to... And I know, I know you'll be delighted, but you know, he has a cameo in The Last Jedi, too. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> did he have a cameo in this one as well? I thought he was one of the guys running for Vader. He might have been. I can't recall now. It's, he might be the guy who, who pulls the launch thing and launches the ship away. He's one of those guys, I, I believe. The, one, of the, one of the soon-to-be-dead. Maybe one of them got into an escape pod, and they're... <laughs> you know, they're a diplomatic ship on their way to Alderaan. That's true. So it's, it was... <laughs> worst lie ever, now that you know the truth. Know. Like, that's the worst <laughs> lie ever. It, but... How do I say this? I just, I just love that when that movie ends, and if you put on A New Hope... And you're reading the crawl. I've done it several times. And you're just like, yep, saw it. Right on. And it was awesome. <laughs> Do you remember, let me, let me kind of go back here. Because I, I know you're an old EU head like I am. But, yep. I mean, do you remember who originally who in the old EU stole the Death Star plans the first time around? Oh. <laughs> I know was, it's in there. It's rattling around in your brain. I know it is. Wasn't it the video game? Yeah, it Dark was. Forces. Um Kyle Katarn. What? Yeah, thank you. Like, I, knew, I was like, that's a video game. We're running around. We're shooting like uh, swamp monsters in the sewers. Yeah, it's like the first level. You know, the level. eyeball monster. Yeah, the first like... level, you, you fight the Dianoga. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the Death Star plans. And that you, game was so good. You're the rebel spy that, that gets the plans to Princess Leia. Yeah. So, as an E, you guys like, oh, no, no Kyle Katarn in this movie? Oh, well. <laughs> but... Maybe that was the plans to, like, that Death Star that looked like a lightsaber. Oh, no, no, no stop it. Stop. You know, <laughs> no, from that book. What, what was it called? Darksaber. Darksaber. I was looking it up, but if you put Darksaber, it just shows you the Mandalorian sword all over the place. Because they had, they had to take that word back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't find it from the EU. They got it off the internet. No, they, they, I suspect that will not be one of the books they, re, they reissue in the, in the Essential Legends collection. Well, that's how I thought when she's reading off like project names, I thought that would be a nice place to put, you know, silly things like that from the book in there. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And they set up a couple of Easter eggs in there for some other stuff in the, in the sequel trilogy, like the hyperspace tracking and things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it would have been kind of fun to get like some, some really like random Easter eggs in there for that, that kind of stuff. I, I just I silly EU stuff that doesn't matter. Also, if you think uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn was around, do they win that battle better? Do the Empire like? Do they win? I mean, that's sort of like that's sort of like the looming question of all of Star Wars now, because yeah. you know, by bringing him into 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 Rebels, and and making it seem like like Thrawn was about to destroy the entire rebellion, <laughs> <laughs> if he got his his Tide Defender program off the ground instead of the Death Star program. Yeah, if they just stopped spending all their money on the Death Star. <laughs> But instead, you take him completely off the board. It's it's a very interesting thing when the when we get to finally reconnect with Thrawn at some point. But that that's a divergent podcast. We can't I go there. Can't wait for that moment. <laughs> you and I, I know we're, we we are we are can't wait members. Of the We've been waiting twenty years for a live action Thrawn. Twenty, God, more like thirty. 
Alright, we're getting old. You know, like let's just pretend it's twenty. Well, I I didn't I, I, I introduced you to the EU a few years a few years after I got into it, so Yeah, but it was, so it was the late nineties, so it's been twenty four years or twenty five years. Hey, I've been in this battle since I was six years old, okay? <laughs> Alright, Kathy and Andor, relax. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the movie because, like, obviously, we're not doing like a super deep dive on every yeah. aspect of it, but it's just so enjoyable to be in this time with these characters to see that mission that's so pivotal. Because obviously, you know, we've we've commented in the past how Disney can't stop being in this timeline. So why not show us like something that's really important? Yeah, I I love this timeline. It's I I could be in it for a long 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 time because I'm. I don't want to go after Jedi and see that timeline, unless you. Well, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're going to. <laughs> They're starting to flush it out, bud. I know. <laughs> what I mean, do you want to get into the the third trilogy timeline stuff? Uh, hmm. Like television show wise, or like they want to bring you know Ray back and do a Ray show at what she did after. I, you know, I don't Obi-Wan know. style. Maybe I, in 20 years I'll want it. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that just yet, but I mean, you know, book-wise, book you and I can go read about how Han Solo and Princess Leia got married again. <laughs> like, I read that book once. I, get to guess, I guess I get to do it all over again. I read The Courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah, well, they redid it and changed it, so have fun. Which one was that? I think I read that book. No, it, it, just, came, it just came out this week. Uh, I think it's... Oh, the, no, the, I didn't read that one. Yeah, The Princess and the Scoundrel. Out this week. Check it out. Well, as you listen to this podcast, it will have been out for several weeks. So <laughs> now currently available, The Princess and the Scoundrel. Yeah, no, I'm reading that other, or I'm about to start reading that other book, the other Sith book you recommended. It's just on super back order on my uh, yeah, it's Yeah, I had to wait. I got to wait a couple months, apparently, while other people read it. Tell them to hurry up. I would tell them. I'm just Shadow of the Sith. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just want to remember I, the title. I, it, like I said, I enjoyed that book. I think it's going to uh, test your limits for your, for <laughs> how far you're willing to. Uh, you know, again, you and I have a lot of problems with the sequel trilogy, uh, and yeah, they, they they attempt they attempt to sort of smooth out some of those rough edges, and it, it, you'll test your patience with it. I'm sure it will. Han Solo is a scoundrel. Like they, they call him that several times, and so is Lando. Well, Han Solo's not in this book. You'll be fine. I know. Well, who, what's the scoundrel they're retconning now? Oh, no, no, be that's bumbling. the princess and the Oof. scoundrel. That's about Han and Leia oh. being married. Shadows of the Sith is is All about. Right. It's kind of like setting the path for the sequel trilogy. Mm. I'll probably enjoy that one. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, I mean. Honestly, the Star Wars books have been really hit or miss for me. Where I, I like it, I like it, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's boring. Why are we doing this for so long?" Yeah, there's, been, I, I've, I've had some of those as well. Uh, but yeah, do you think it's because we have a burden of knowledge from the EU, and if they do something that's different, it might be, but we remember it a different way. And we, if we liked it that way, do you think it's a block we have in our brains because we have that knowledge? I, I don't. I don't believe so. I think you and I are open-minded enough that we can we can still have our fondness for the old EU and and still appreciate what they're doing with the new stuff now. You know, it, they'll, it, we'll always be comparing them in our heads. Of course. It's fun to talk about how they do things differently. Yeah, and... But, I mean, bottom line is, like, I'm, I'm here for a Star Wars story. Tell me a Star Wars story. I'll, yeah. I will check it out. Oh, that's true. I did love all the Thrawn books when they came out. Yeah, and, and, and that was completely retelling a story I already knew. Yeah, and 
I, I'm just I'm just here for it. I guess I'm you know I'm, I'm a bit of an easy mark in that regard. And you know I'm not again. It's it's not all of them are, are for me. Like some of them have not been my favorites. I'm not a huge fan of the aftermath trilogy. Um, I don't. You and I, th- I think have talked. I don't. I think maybe privately, but you know we've <laughs> we've talked about how we, we're not real big fans of what they're what they've done with Han Solo and a lot of the newer uh-huh. stuff. You know, not at all, not at all. So you know, I, I I'll always have my opinion, and not all Star, you know, not everything they do in Star Wars is going to be for me anymore. I that's just kind of where I am in life, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm yeah. just glad Star Wars is still around and relic relevant sure. and exciting, and there's gonna be a whole new crop of people coming into Star Wars, and and the Star Wars will now officially outlive us, <laughs> you know, which were like for a long time didn't I didn't really feel like it was gonna be the case. Oh. When you got like a book every like three months, <laughs> yeah, and that was it. That was what we lived for for you know over a decade. <laughs> and even after for... the prequels, there was like no guarantee of him doing it again because he was so frustrated with the fan base, you know. So the fact that we could get like a third trilogy, even if it wasn't a Lucas trilogy, was is still pretty inter- pretty miraculous in a lot of senses. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for more Star Wars movies. I know, I know we're getting Obi Wan. We're getting Andor, we're getting Book of Boba, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. I want a movie again. <laughs> like I want best of both worlds. I want more Star Wars. Oh yeah, it, it, and it will happen. It's it's it is inevitable. But I, and I think the I think the uh, proof of concept with the with the shows on Disney Plus has shown that like no, look, Star Wars is huge. You can you can do a movie. All right, stop blaming Solo for all your problems. Solo <laughs> did well. Like I don't get it. What the audience can't see is Reagan just shaking his head in disbelief. Like, it's at, just at this topic. Uh, it annoys me that <laughs> they're like, "Oh, Solo only made like five hundred million dollars." Like, shut it down. Shut it down now. It's like Die Hard. Yeah, you gotta turn the lights off because Johnson and Johnson are there. And they, they want the power off. No relation. No relation. <laughs> um, let's get back to Rogue One real quick because we are supposed to be talking about that more than <laughs> than, than Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I I would be remiss if while I have you, if we didn't talk about the hallway sequence, the Darth Vader, mm. you know, chasing down the plans, possibly one of the greatest Star Wars moments ever. <laughs> From the second you hear the breathing and then just the lightsaber goes and you know you're about, it's about to go down. <laughs> the, the, the. I'm stuttering because I'm so excited, but the <laughs> sheer fear and panic on the face of those those troopers is <laughs> just sells the scene so well. Because if you were in a dark corridor and you saw that coming at you, that's exactly what I'd look like too. Like I'm I'm having a number two in my pants. Well, I would have played dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was thinking. I was like, play dead. He's not paying attention. Just be like, oh, and oh fall yeah. over. So you're going to pull the Reva move. All right. And you were critical <laughs> of her earlier. All right. Yeah. I remember. Okay. I got it on a podcast. We'll, we'll play it. We'll cue it up. I, I, w- I mean, I don't want to get stabbed through the chest or whatever, and I'm not going to serve him after. <laughs> I'm going to wait till they all leave and then get in an escape pod or find an X-Wing or something and do. I don't think I'm you can play. I don't. I don't think you play dead because I think you'd be laying on the ground screaming or crying. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> You're like, oh my god, it's gonna shaking, die. crying. <laughs> he Mommy! makes a fist and grabs five guns. <laughs> yes, and that's not even his opening move. No, it's a great sequence. It's freaking fantastic, 
And yeah, again, it's, this is one of those sequences that, that, that Gilroy put in when he, when he came on board to, to kind of touch up that third act. This was one of his like signature things right here. So, it's honestly one of the best parts of the movie. So that leads to this question. Will Vader show up in some capacity in Andor? Yes. He's got, he's got to, right? I mean, they've already brought Hayden back. James is on board. We've, we've already seen him. Like, let's get as much on film as we can. And I like seeing Vader be a badass. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. Let, let's go ahead and, tra- and transition a little bit here to, to the Andor series. I did want to talk a little bit about that as this episode will be, will be kind of dropping the week before Andor premieres. Okay. But let's, let's talk about that trailer. And, and are you seeing the same things that I'm seeing where this show being shot you know, on a studio in London – not on the volume in L.A. It, it has a more cinematic look to it than maybe we've seen on a Disney Plus show in a little while? Or, or am I kind of coming out of left field with that? No, I, I can see why, why you're saying that. It's, I haven't watched the trailer. I probably should have watched it before coming back on. <laughs> That's my fault. I was so upset with reading books and watching the movie. I, I, I understand. I, you know, you do all that and you go, well, who has time for a two-minute trailer? how dare you you know someone did a little show prep like hey just in case you haven't seen it in a minute here's that trailer again well i mean you you were doing all the homework i thought you i thought you were i thought you were locked in (laughs) like sometimes you miss the easy questions okay sometimes you forget to put your name at the top of the paper the more you tighten your grip tark and the more star systems slip through your fingers there it is that's what happened dare you get rid of tarkin (laughs) I'm definitely Lord Vader. <laughs> you're you're the Lord Vader of this podcast. That is a fact. Yeah. That can be your honorary title for sure. You can be the Dark Lord of the, of the buckets. Did she say Lord Vader's holding his leash? Uh, no, Tarkin's holding Vader's leash. Tarkin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all either. Does Vader ever strangle Tarkin? Not. In my in, in any of the books, or like in the Tarkin book, Vader would so. be like, they "Be quiet." A, their their relationship gets fleshed out a lot more in in books and comics and stuff like that, as as as, as a lot more of a dynamic partnership, and the, as they sort of have an understanding with each other. But yeah, I mean, you know, on first glance, you know, at at Star Wars, you might see Vader as a bit of a of a of a lap dog in a sense. Yeah, it's like a third wheel. You know, I mean, there's no again. If you you go back to the first movie, I mean, the emperor's only mentioned. Like, there's no, you know, no visual representation. It's it's Vader getting orders from Tarkin. That's just how it looks. I don't like that Vader was taking orders from him. Now, I, now it's all about retcon, and I know the hierarchy. Well, again, like I said, I mean, they, they, they have more maybe of a partnership, maybe. so he has more of a respect for Tarkin. So maybe he's more willing to follow when Tarkin's I think like, he was hey, just you disinterested. Know. <laughs> Until until he gets that Obi Wan smell, and he's like, eh, 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 "I gotta take care of some stuff." We're way off topic here. I know <laughs> it's still Star Wars, but <laughs> I, so I guess what I'm trying to get at with that Andor trailer is yeah. that I, I I this and like you were just saying earlier, you really want Star Wars on the big screen. This show looks like it might have that big screen feel to it, but on my television set, like the the scope on this trailer is pretty darn impressive. And and like you said, you know, the, you you hit on like the spycraft stuff and a, and a lot of like the espionage elements, the 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 subtleties of kind of establishing the re, the rebellion, the re, the rebels, all these things are kind of coming into play, and 
like I said, watch that trailer because it has that big screen cinema feel to it in a way that a lot of the Star Wars stuff on Disney hasn't. Wait, you said they didn't shoot on their their regular, no, they filmed you know, gr- green room thing that yeah, they use. They, uh, they filmed over in London. They built a lot of the sets. You know, uh, a, a lot ooh. of it's more traditional filmmaking stuff. I wonder why. I think that's. I what, thought the whole reason for building that was they could do anything there that they wanted to do. I mean, like, I, thought I think by and large that was the reason. I think by and large, that's true. And a lot of a lot of the cast that they have on, for the shows that are on now are LA based. But you know Diego Luna is 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 uh, I think he resides like in Mexico City. A lot of the other actors live in the UK. You know, okay. so you know the, I think they went to Pinewood. You know, a, a studio traditionally associated with Star Wars, and they yeah. they built sets and they did a lot of practical things and and you know they shot out in the environments when they needed to. Are they shooting the Ahsoka show yet? They are shooting that, and I believe that's in LA as well. I wonder if they're shooting at the same time, and they're like, we'll shoot Ahsoka here, and we'll shoot. And or over there, that, logistically. That, that could be it too, but I, I, also Tony Tony Gilroy is a pretty uh, 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 hands-on kind of guy. Like I, 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 he may not have been interested in, in doing a show with that technology. That limitation. I, I, don't, I don't want to call it a limitation. No, that sounds negative. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it just might not feel as big. I guess. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair term because I mean some of the criticisms I had about the Obi Wan shows there's, there's a couple of shots sometimes that was like oh that actually feels kind of small for for Star Wars you know like a couple of like the bridge shots on the Star Destroyer I'm like oh that feels smaller yeah. than I'd like it to but you know that, that's a nitpick and again yeah like, you got to save a couple bucks this company's just barely getting by yeah I they the mom and pop shop op- operation could close its doors at any minute would never see Star Wars again and could all be gone. Before we know it. But yeah, I, I definitely urge you to watch the trailer and, and, and kind of pick up that feel. And again, I, I think the thing that I really liked about it was sort of the tone of that trailer kind of carries over from Rogue One. That sort of like imperial impression. You know, yeah. the, there's little hope in the galaxy. Like tyranny's running wild. And, and it, it's just... They're it's getting just, fat and lazy. Yeah, I mean, there's that, there's that shot. I mean, you probably have seen like a million memes of it. Of like those two imperial officers like sipping their Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god! It's like, like it's like the fat cats. I love this. Yeah. They're so happy with themselves. They are so happy with themselves. So I, yeah. I, 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 I love this timeline. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be immersed in it. And like I said, I think you're gonna get that cinematic feel that you're looking for, bud. Mm, I can't wait. I mean, I, I wonder how it's gonna look on my 10 inch iPad that I watch it on. How? What? <laughs> You know, most of the most of my viewing is it's not even ten it's an eight inch. This is a shocking revelation. This is a shocking revelation right now. What do you yeah, say? I'll to show me? it to you right now. Just this is the television I use most of the time. What? You don't have it on your main, your big old TV down in the basement? Some, uh, hardly ever. Sometimes I'll watch it in my bedroom. Oh my! And I'll watch it on a TV in there. That is what I just showed you. That tablet I just showed you is what I watch Rogue One on today. Why? Breakfast and lunch. Okay, okay. No, I mean, listen. That's, that's, there, there's understandable times for doing these things. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, okay, yeah, at this point, you've probably seen Rogue One three dozen times. Way more than that. See, again, I watch. I watch it probably every two months. I'm, I'm kind of in the same rotation as you, so yeah. I understand. And sometimes, you know, like, whatever you, take, you have the tablet with you, you take it on the road. Whatever, you're good to go. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you don't you don't watch the shows when they first drop on on the big screen, as the biggest screen no. as you can find. No, because normally I'm I'm multitasking. I'm making a lunch. I'm doing the dishes or something. Like 
uh, I just watched She-Hulk at the time of recording. It just came out, yes, two days ago. <laughs> two days ago, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to watch it so badly, so while I was making dogs, the dogs their dinner, <laughs> I'm watching the first 10 minutes of She-Hulk, and then I pause it, run out and feed them, and run back and put some dishes away while I'm watching She-Hulk. That's very interesting. It's just... Yeah, is that, I mean, did I have to watch She-Hulk like twice to make sure I got everything? <laughs> Absolutely. It's just you just watch stuff more than once just to make sure you got it all. Hey, whatever works for you, man. I guess that's the bottom line, right? Yeah, and also, I don't have a TV in my living room where I like to lay down. Mm. So it's tablet time, and then it becomes nap time. That could be a blessing, honestly. And there's talk about us getting a TV in there. I don't know if we really need one. Well, I mean, we have one TV, and there's a, there's a, a decent amount of dissent when it, when I want to watch something <laughs> when someone else is around, and they're yeah. they are not interested in that particular program. And it's like, Arr. so either I got to get up before them or watch it before they come home. <laughs> uh, thankfully, my wife doesn't really care unless it's wrestling. If I put wrestling on, she'll get mostly annoyed. <laughs> she'll be like that. They barely hit him with that chair. And I'll be like, well, honey, like it's still a human being. You don't want to concuss that guy all up. And <laughs> you know, like there's still people. Just, you, you can't really hit people with chairs anymore. No, you use pie pans. Nor should you, by the way. Pie pans are way safer. <laughs> they look cooler too. <laughs> good, good sound effects off those pie pans. Yeah. It was a, it was a good tinging noise. <laughs> But that's the only thing she really doesn't like. But we're watching, you know, a lot of O's right now. And well, she's got the fever. Well, based off of what you know for Andor, what do you, what do you, mm-hmm. what, what's something you're really looking forward to out of the show? What is something you really want to see come to fruition, pan out, shake out? What you know? What and it could be anything. Like, just maybe, maybe even just like seeing Diego Luna's smiling face again. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking to, forward to seeing Vader. Uh maybe like a little Krennic showing up somewhere. What about like a little K2SO origin story? Oh, that that's uh, fudge. Fudge <laughs> nuggets. We haven't talked about K2SO yet. How dare you talk? <laughs> Victory! Oh, I tried so hard. Oh, you were so close. Like, you were so oh, close. That stinks. <laughs> it stinks on ice. I apologize. Almost made it. <laughs> I, I love K2SO so much. Great. It, if character. he doesn't end up with K2SO by the end of the season, by halfway point of this season, I'm going to be mad. I yeah. need Alan back I, in the universe. I need more K2SO. I, I really hope that, that, that Alan Tudyk's involvement has been kept on the hush-hush. Yeah. So it's a nice I don't surprise. want to know. I'm not seeking it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's sort of how I am. I, I'm not that – you know, listeners of the show will know that I'm not that person who – you know, tries to find out every little nitty gritty detail I can before the show even airs. I like that surprise element. I yeah. like I like having that moment where I'm just like, oh, yay! You know, <laughs> I you don't get enough of those anymore because because of the spoiler culture we live in. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that in particular. I, I think there's definitely going to be a point where K2SO is going to hurt him, or you know, and he gets the drop on him and kills k2so because that's what he does well and, and, and then he reprograms and those security drones are no joke i mean we, we fought a bunch of those in, in fallen order <laughs> and they are <laughs> they are hard to kill <laughs> quite annoying so i didn't make it that far in fallen order they kept being like jump over this climb through that <laughs> jump over this Man, i just want to kill stormtroopers and, uh, i just want to play red dead and go fishing with my horse 
hey, that's fun too. <laughs> but when I play it, I want to play, you know, uh, what is it, The Force Unleashed. I want to be Star Killer, where I'm just force choking a stormtrooper and then bashing him through safety glass. Yeah, and then throwing them across the entire planet because you're so juiced up on on force yeah. powers. <laughs> that's right. I'm that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw a guy to the moon. Yeah, I was going to say, you like launch stormtroopers suborbitally. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing was to gently grab them, and then you just take them over a railing, and you just let go of the force, and they go, ah, and then splat. Hey, I'm not going to lie, I did that plenty of times, and I still do when I fire the game up yeah. on occasion. Uh, the game's so much fun. It really is. I mean, the second one, the story makes no sense. No. But, you know, let's have some fun. Let's play no, some Star it, Wars. It was like a five-hour game, too. I was, like, I was done with it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like I play, played it like a weekend. I was like, "What happened? We're done." I captured Darth Vader. They were Vader. surprised at what a hit it was. They're like, "We got to get another one out quick." <laughs> I, I played this game and I captured Darth Vader, and then they canceled the third game. And I'm like, "Wait, I captured Darth Vader. We're not going to talk about I win. this. We win! Yay!" <laughs> I, I always thought there'd be like a comic book sequel or something to kind of like flesh it out or finish the story. Nothing ever came of it. And I, th- I think it was is that when the merger or when I they got say, bought? I think shortly, uh, maybe a year or two later, is when the merger happened and, and yeah. all that stuff just got when, when they start can't they canceled that like thirteen thirteen game? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which sounded awesome. It did sound awesome. Well, I mean, and you so and we, I, you and I pitched the bounty hunter game like five years before they made it for PlayStation Two. Yeah. So of course, because it was a perfect game. We same. also pitched the the bounty hunter show. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> but that I think that also goes into us loving the grimy. Not not bad, you know. Morally, yeah, the underbelly of Star Wars. characters. Yeah. yeah, it's so ripe with characters, good and bad. Yeah, neutral good, shifting alliances. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want to see in this show. Where you know you, they're putting this rebellion together. I want to see double crosses. I want to yeah. see grabs for power. Yeah, and I, I, and I again, I want to see separatists. Sort of like what what we what we sort of hinted at, you know, with 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 Cassian and a lot of the other, uh, the the you know the the other rebels that kind of join up with them to go on the mission to Scarif, like, show me show me the the rebels doing things that are not maybe the most morally upstanding things, like like show me them make, like making an alliance with the Huts or something to gain access yeah. to it to it to a space route. That's I, gonna, I think to, something you know. from the books. It was I mean it was EU stuff. They used the. The the huts and the other on um, Crimson Sun, not Crimson Sun. Uh, Black, what Sun. Was... Black Sun. Black Sun. Black Sun. I was like, she's or they use yeah. those guys to smuggle weapons and right. stuff. Yeah. So show me those kind of elements of things and and, and kind of oh. kind of put put me in the muck of the Star Wars universe. What if they bring she's or back in this show? Don't don't toy with me because I'm like I feel like I'm the only guy who wants she's or to come back. <laughs> I like really interesting. I, they ran he ran a cool underground. I really like that Shadows of the Empire right. stuff. That game was a lot of fun. Yeah, the books were good too. The books was pretty good. I, I mean, again, that was that was the original battle for the for the frozen carbonite body of Han Solo. You know, <laughs> and and you know you had Boba Fett blowing up IG eighty eight in in orbit above Tatooine. There was all kinds of great stuff in that that series. Oh, Reagan, <laughs> I'm reminiscing too much. I know, but yeah, yeah, she's or could come back in this. Yeah. I I like it when they introduce an EU character. And it's like a good EU character. Like I, I can't remember the Jedi threw at you the last time we talked, and you were like, "I haven't thought of Kip Durden." 
You almost made me curse. Yeah. I was about to call you a name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just if you read the EU books, you're like, oh, I haven't thought about that no-name Jedi in so long. I mean, he did have a great death, if I remember correctly, in the Vong books. I don't really remember. Didn't he, like, fight, like, a whole army of them? Like, they were charging, and he's like, I'll hold, like, he Gandalfs it. No, no, that, you're thinking of, uh, uh, Ganner, Ganner, Ganner Ryshot or something? Oh, man, he stunk, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, but del- he delivers in those books. Death. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a good death where he's like, run, you I got this. not pass, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it was awesome. You're... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we're reminiscing way too much and, about and the, the EU. The Vong, the Vong would even talk, tell stories about him because of yeah. his his the way he fought battle. <laughs> that was when the Vong kind of turned into the Klingons for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They became all about honor. And... Yeah, that series went on for a tad too long, and they got they got a little oh, like, definitely, Klingon-y. definitely. <laughs> I mean, it was twenty five books. Yeah, something like that. And it, it went on the, way too long, and, and the then they of, just uh, drop it completely. And they started with the death of Chewbacca, which. Which, I mean, they threw a planet into him. Which your brother's stupid friend ruined for us on a Halloween hayride? <laughs> Just before the hayride. We were waiting in, like, the world's longest line. <laughs> <laughs> and he casually turns and says, Hey, you guys are reading that Vector Prime book? I heard they killed Chewbacca in that. We're like, hey, man. <laughs> I think you and I look at each other like, What? <laughs> I think we had just bought the books. That was like our first taste of spoiler culture, I think. It was thrown right in our face with Chewbacca's death. <laughs> oh, it was so good, though. It's still a good death for Chewie. I'm still mad at Crazy Eddie Donaldson, though. You son of a gun. Love Eddie. <laughs> Love that 209. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're getting a little reminiscent here. Uh, mm. Let me get back to Andrew real quick before we kind of like wrap this yeah, puppy yeah. up. I wanted to kind of throw throw something at you, see what you think. I think there might be a sort of underrated aspect of this show that I might really kind of get into. And that is the the sort of developing and fleshing out of Mon Mothma. I'm really excited with the potential of this, of her being in the Senate, organizing the rebellion behind the scenes. I, I think this could be really interesting stuff with that character in, in a way that, uh, exploring her in a way that we've not seen yet. I'm really excited with the potential there. Uh, would love it. Also, has a much larger part in the book where it's like her journals and her talking about how she, I mean, how she feels about Jen. Like she's, she's great in the book. She has nothing in the movie. In all the books, in every yeah. book, she's huge in all these books. But like screen time wise, three seconds. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> For such what, an important character, you'd think they'd give her a little bit more face time on, on the in the give her the something movies. to do. Or... Yeah. So I'm really excited to see her sort of get get the opportunity to step up in in the Andor series as we sort of get into like the political element of, of, you know, bringing a rebellion to existence, you know, and, and, you know, I I would imagine we're going to see Bail Organa too, right? Maybe, are they going to DH maybe, uh, get, get our boy back? I mean, he was just in the last one they did. You think they're going to put him in both? Jimmy Smith. I mean, they got him in the costume. They got the costume. I I want it. I'm not going to be mad. Jimmy Smith shows up and they DH him a little bit. Give me, maybe give him a little, uh, just for men in the beard. I don't care. I love Jimmy Smith. Put him in it. Yeah. But I was thinking while watching this, movie, you know, the the scene where you want to yell in the theater, like, don't do it. Where he's like, I trust her with my life. And you're like, you shouldn't. It's going to go terribly. This all ends badly for you. <laughs> if Obi-Wan had killed, her ten, killed him 10 years ago, you'd be fine. <laughs> but, 
That wasn't the will when, of the force. I'm not bringing this up again with you. I know, I know. <laughs> Your will, all I could think of was the will of the force in this whole movie. <laughs> but do you think Princess Leia is super excited to go and get Obi-Wan from their experience? She hasn't seen him since then. It's been like 10 years? Five years? I mean, I don't know if she should be super excited. Her ship is a flying jalopy, and they just barely well, evaded Darth Vader. Before that happened, when, when Jimmy Smith sends her the message, they haven't gone. True. So she could, you know, I, I think there's a level of excitement. And then I got sad. I was like, she never got to see Obi-Wan until he dies, but she doesn't know it's him dying. Yeah. I was like, this is a sad ending, now that I think about the... Well, I, the it's, we have it, the whole story. It's sort of interesting. I mean, have, uh, have you read the, the 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 certain point of view book with all the like the short stories? Some I didn't get that. We I never made it off Tatooine before I punted like, the book. You could you could almost go back and redo those now, and and, yeah. and ha- like have these like these stories from Leia's point of view, and 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 and, and kind of highlight what we love- now know. From the from the Kenobi show, you know, and and see if that is what she's thinking during certain sequences and things like that. Like that would almost be that uh, that would be kind of interesting to me if they were to kind of go into that a little bit more in some fashion. Yeah, like she she's happy. She wants to see her friend Ben again. I've, she she's taken prisoner. She probably puts that on the back burner with all the the torture and and <laughs> you know your short for a stormtrooper, all that stuff. Like a lot's going on. She probably forgets that. And then, you know, Luke starts talking about his friend Ben, who was just murdered. And she's probably like, hey, you mean Ben Kenobi? And he's like, you know Ben? And then, you know, sadness happens. Sadness happens. Yeah, it, it is sort of interesting. That, that, I think I talked about it when I talked about the Shadows of the Sith book, how a lot of the comics and a lot of the novels are spending time sort of um, altering the perception <laughs> of, of, of things that have just happened on a, on a show or in the movies or whatever like that. They're sort of reacting and making things kind of blend. Like they're, 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 they're kind of doing patch work. I suppose, yeah. you know, they're, they're making the quilt a little bit more seamless. Like, Oh, here, let's tell this story here of like this moment during a new hope from Leia's point of view, seeing Kenobi and, and the, the things she kind of thinks about it. Now that we have these, this entire Kenobi series, as part of our canon, as part of our history. It's probably better doing it that way than the old way, where they would make this 10-book arc and tell a great story, and, and then, then they'd make a movie and be like, none of that matters, don't worry about that, none of it happened. It was yeah. all a dream you had. It was a forced dream of a possible future. Well, I, I will be, uh, uh, in an upcoming episode of the show, probably, oh gosh, it won't probably won't even happen until after Andor's done, so it might, it might not even air until 2023. I will be telling the story of you and I uh, and our reactions to uh, them changing the EU version of Mandalore first when they were going to put it in oh, the Wars. Dark day. I mean, <laughs> I've come around on it, but... I may, have to have, I may have to bring you back just for like a special segment where we talk about our initial feelings Man, on that there situation. Was, like, there's not hasn't been much that I've been in, so into <laughs> than I was that version of the Mandalorians, and honestly, still into it today. We'll we'll talk about it later. Don't worry. We'll get into it. It's, it's a whole thing for us. So like, it, it may be an episode worthy <laughs> of, of discussion. Of discussion. I've been trying to get those books just so I can read them again. Oh, I just found mine. Actually, I'm very excited. Well, like I, I have, I want the audio books. I want the the star. You know, it's I fawn over the Star Wars treatment of audio books because there's so much production value. Yeah, but not from I back want then. Those. 
I want those stories. Uh, they did. I re- I just read the Darth Bane books again. Well, they just they redid those. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they they redid I those for, for read the essential. Those. Well, I don't Har- even care if those aren't canon. They're still fantastic books. So I, I think I think Del Rey just announced that Hard Contact. Um, no wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Hard Contact. Hard Contact's the first one. Yeah, that's going to be getting the essentials treatment, which means it'll get the new audio book too. Oh. Yeah. So die. I mean hey now. It's, I like those books enough. I've thought about buying them all on like Audible just so I could have them forever because I like that series so much. Well, uh, double check on Audible though because, like I said, some of the ODU stuff is abridged. You know, it'll be like a yeah. two-hour two hour version of it or whatever. No, no, no. I need the 15-hour version yeah, book. You, I mean, you need unabridged all the Karen Travis you can handle. Yeah. Well, I got so excited when I got this Rogue One book and they're like, it's 12 hours. I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast in like three days. I got this. For the, for the, for the, for the, for the old EU fans, you, you need the full Cal Scarada, okay? <laughs> Love Cal. Oh, they should put him. Oh, if he shows up in the book of Boba Fett, season two, season three of the Kurt Russell. <laughs> don't tease me with kurt russell in star wars you know that's my dream Sir kurt russell in a mandalorian but he, you know he has the helmet under the arm you immediately fall in love oh. or it's patrick stewart <laughs> now you're going patrick it, stewart i gotta put patrick stewart in star wars somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and you know cal would be because he was old in the new republic you know that era Wait, hold on, hold on. You've, you've broached an interesting topic here. Hang on a okay. second. Oh, I got him, people, finally. <laughs> Has there been... Who's been in Star Trek and Star Wars? Has Who's done that? Has anyone done that? Has anyone gone from one franchise to the other? In a big role? I'm sure there's been... I mean, in anything, in any way. Didn't, I, I, um... From the Aftermath books, the kid, Wex. He's in both. Right, he's not actually in Star Trek though. He's just like the voice of he's the voice of James T. Kirk's uncle, uncle, or stepdad, uncle, something. I think it is uncle. I think you're right. I think it's uncle. Yeah, I I got pretty close thinking that's that's pretty close. Though I mean, most Star Trek fans don't count JJ's stuff, but you know, (laughs) I mean, count the first one, the third one. It's the Kelvin universe. It's different. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, that might be the one of the few because JJ JJ is sort of like the the one you know similar linchpin there, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of his garbage movies. Did he put any of his Star Trek? <laughs> no, I mean, because I, I don't think Chris Pine has any hidden cameos and you know, Zachary Quinto or anybody. Zoe Zaldana hasn't shown up in Star Wars. Not yet. Surprising. I'm She's trying, in everything. But I'm trying to think, like, even like the old Star Trek show, you know, I mean, there were so many shows back in the day. None of those actors have made it over to Star Wars? That's, that, that can't no, be none right. None of them. Oh my goodness! I can't. I can't imagine that being true. There's like, got to be somebody. I, I was like, has Bashir been? A, he hasn't. He he. You know, he he has the accent. He could fit in Star Wars. He could be an Imperial. <laughs> you, you listen. Keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google this. Yeah, uh, Cisco. No. Seven of Nine. No. I, none of the original cast. None of the Kirk's era. Man. Oh, here Did we they go. Really do here we go. Like, Hold on. Here we go. This might be surprising. <laughs> wow. This Oscar Isaac? Okay, well, okay. A, this a lot of this list is including people doing voice work. All right, if you want to include that, okay. But but okay, so Greg Grunberg isn't included on this list. That's the guy who's Snap yeah. Lively. 
But JJ Abrams, good luck, Simon Charlie. Pegg has been on camera for both things. Both, yeah. Simon Pegg. He was the one in who did both. Uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. You didn't know it was Simon Pegg. Right. Wow, Simon Pegg is in Star Wars, Star Trek, and the Mission Impossible franchise. Mm-hmm. If he was an alien and a predator, he'd be the gem. I mean, give him time. <laughs> I would love to watch the predator chase Simon Pegg around for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of actors who've done uh, both for voice work, though. Like George Takei, Ron Perlman, uh, who else is on here? Olivia Dabo, uh, Ed Bigley Jr. Apparently, he's done voice work for both. Brent Spiner's on this list. Oh, Brent Spiner went over to the dark side. Yeah, he must again. It must have been an animation. It must have been yeah. Clone Wars or something. I think it, you have to see the face of the actor, or know yeah. it's them. Like you can't really tell it's Simon Pegg in the Force Awakens no, unless you it, know. But it is him. So it that's is something. I count it. I count it because <laughs> I know. I know the truth. Yeah, but yeah, most of this list that I'm looking at is is people who did voices for. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Simon Pegg was in that costume as Uncore Plot. So, Rebecca Romaine? Was she in the Star Wars movie? Rebecca Romaine? No. Get Look, man, I'm Anson Mount. Was he in one of Marvel movies? Don't. Don't. You know I want Anson Mount in Star Wars. Come on. I know. Could you imagine him being a smuggler? Ian Abercrombie. Here, this is interesting to me, at least. Ian Abercrombie was the voice of Palpatine, obviously, but he was also in. An episode of Star Trek Voyager. Mm. But he was also Mr. Pitt in Seinfeld. He was on okay. the original Battlestar Galactica in 1978. And he was also in Babylon 5 in the mid-90s. Like, this guy's got... Killing it. Yeah, he's got, uh, like, the, the royal flush of sci-fi yeah. shows. I can't see it, Elaine. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Poland Springs episode. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just picturing him cutting a candy bar with a fork and knife. <laughs> Uh, um, again, I know this wasn't like the super deep dive in Rogue One that we thought we were going to have, but... Yeah, but, but it was fun. It's yeah, fun it to was... revisit Rogue One every, like, month, month and a half. Like, you got to get that fix in. Yeah, if you're not a Rogue One fan, what are you doing? We're talking to you, Mark. You'll be here next time to, yeah. to attack us, well, I'm sure. Well, in fact, for, like, uh, blackouts or when I lose cable or something, I always have a couple movies downloaded. But I don't want to take up a lot of space on my tablet. Understood. One movie that is always... Ready to go in case everything fails. Tron. Tron is on there. That's correct. <laughs> but Rogue One is also on there. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> and then it's like Deadpool. I think I have Deadpool 1 on there as well. Acceptable. I will accept You it. know, you got to have some fun in there. <laughs> I did, the correct answer is all the Star Wars movies ever made. Oh, Just that's, that's take up a lot it's of a memory. Lot of, it's a lot of memory. It's a lot of space. I get it. All right. Can I have the last trilogy? <laughs> another like, day. Buy, like, That's another two. day. That's another day. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. But fair to say, we're excited to get back to the world of, of Cassian Andor, of, 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 a, of a fledgling rising rebellion against the evil Galactic Empire and their, and their super space fascism issues <laughs> and, and their Starburst. I mean, allegedly evil. Allegedly. <laughs> They haven't built any giant machines that will blow planets up yet. You know, yet. we'll wait for the first atrocity to be committed, and then we'll, we'll talk about it, okay? Yeah, then we'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes on the, on the genocides and the, and the squashing of civil liberties. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I, I have said it a million times in this podcast. I love 
the er- the period between episodes three and four. Give me the dark time. Give me the empire with their boot on everyone's necks. I- I'm I'm here for yeah, it. I want best. to see this, and I think we're gonna get it. I mean, I think I think this first season is like what thirteen episodes. Like we're gonna get some juicy, juicy stuff. Oh, is it? This. It's a is long that one. long? Really? It's a long one. And for and for yeah, like, like you and I, we're gonna be busy from the middle of September, like right up till Christmas. Awesome. No, I think it ends on Thanksgiving week. So however many weeks that it is. It's a lot of weeks, though. <laughs> it's a lot of weeks, though. Well, I mean, we get, we get the three episodes on the 21st, and then it's weekly. Oh, they're week. dropping three right away? Dropping three on the 21st, bud. Get ready. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be busy. I, mean, I love it. Oh, and it's already been greenlit for a second season? The, yeah, the, the, Tony Gilroy constructed the whole story. And they had it, he, had, he mapped this thing out. Like, it's done, yeah. it's written, it's ready to go. It's- Twelve episodes. Twelve episodes. There you go. But that's still a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's, Are they that's hours after the first week. I, I'm assuming it's got to be between. 30, it's got to be like forty, 40 minutes or something. At, 40, 45 minutes. That's my guess. Love it. Disney Plus is killing it. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually may have to watch. Um, oh, I just drew a blank on the name. Now, Gilroy's movie with with a uh, uh, Clooney, Michael, 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 Michael Clayton, Michael Clayton. Thank you. I may have watched that again real quick. Yeah, it's so good. Because oh, guy can write a script, and he's writing Star yeah. Wars scripts now, and I'm here for it. And and for the ride. <laughs> I was like, you know, Daniel Luna's back, and he, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. He's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, again, the, the cast is awesome, and one of my favorites is coming over to Star Wars. Uh, it's Stellan Skarsgård. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. The, the man who's now walking between Marvel and Star Wars franchises. Love that. He's also in Hunt for October. Come on. <laughs> he has all those kids who are super, who's super looking, good looking. Yeah. Wait, he's, who's he in the Hunt for October? He's the other Russian captain hunting down Remius. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He gets the I orders. Was like, he's not the cook. No, like, he, he gets the orders and he's like, we're going to kill a friend. <laughs> it's been a hot minute since I've seen Ooh, the Hunt for October. I mean, great flick. It's coming up soon. Oh. We're, we're definitely going to start watching some Clancy shit. Stuff. Oh my Dang god, it. it happened again. Unprovoked. Uh, All right. We gotta get Reagan's potty mouth out of here. <laughs> I know. I apologize, Mandovision. Like I bring my Tomcast Popcast mouth in here. <laughs> Still trying to turn it back on me. Un un <laughs> You never hear language like this on the G podcast ever. No, it's way worse. It's so much worse. Uh-huh. Wait till you hear She-Hulk is coming out. Oh, boy. Well, that will be out. All right. We it'll, it'll have been out by the time you hear this. We we'll go. have a couple She-Hulk episodes <laughs> in there. But there's one that's a little saucy. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out, my friend. Tell the people, again, you, you mentioned the Coas G Podcast. Where can they find you? You can find us at coasgpod.com. Or they can follow us at, at coasgpod on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. Excellent. I recommend it. It's a great show. It's a lot of fun. And not just because I know these jabronis. <laughs> oh. it's entertaining let me tell you something brother <laughs> <laughs> alright before this turns into a wrestling podcast we're getting out of here thank you Reagan I will talk to you soon uh, and we'll, probably, we'll probably reconvene after Andor and do like a little after action report on that as well I'd love to and you know we're going to be doing weekly breakdowns over at the Coach G pod of Andor nah they won't be as good though eh, it's going to be a little bit you know fun time, if, fun you, like time. It, if you like it saucy Head over to yeah, Kevin's G. It's definitely going to be the, saucy. For the saucy after hours and/or report. 
<laughs> I mean, that might be the running title. We don't know. I mean, that Diego Luna, sexy man. I'm not going to lie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> All right. Say you're lying. Let's get out of here. A boosh. Jin, I'll be there for you. Cassian said I had to. There it is. That is the crazy, wacky conversation between Reagan of the Come On Is So Good podcast and myself. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Rogue One talk in there, previewing some Andor stuff as well. But yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of sidetracks, a lot of detours, side quests, if you will. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. So I hope you all enjoyed that that uh, interesting conversation that we had. And I hope you are now even just more pumped up and excited for Andor to debut on September 21st on Disney Plus. Because if you've not, if you're not, I have failed. If I have not taken your excitement and turned it to 11 i have failed and i don't want to fail okay so <laughs> anyways thank you so much for your indulgences and i again i hope you had a good time and were entertained uh my name is tom this is the men division podcast so we're going to close up and get out of here uh let's take care of a little bit of business first please reminder once again to reach out to us on social media we are at mando underscore vision on twitter and instagram Please email the show, mandivisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, or so inclined, a great way to help support the show, if you're interested, is giving us a sweet, sweet, sweet five-star review. They truly help in small independent shows like us stand out and not get lost behind all the corporate podcasts that now dominate your, your feed. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. If you are interested in joining Buckethead Nation, you can become an official Mandivision maniac over at patreon.com forward slash Mandivision. You can join up, gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons. Thank you to our current members of Buckethead Nation, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff's Got the Ring in the Air, a great music podcast I'd recommend. Check it out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland, exclusively. Uh, thank you to the Beer Hop Breeder General, Jesus Beer Hops, the silent assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good podcast. Check them out. All right, let's get out of here. Next week, it's going to be... On Monday, Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Monday continues, and then Wednesday, the big day. We're going to drop a big episode, probably middle of the day. Uh, you know, Hopefully people have had a chance to kind of watch Andor, but the good news is download the podcast, keep it in your, in your app, and when you finish watching Andor, you can go straight to the podcast and hear what I had to say about it. I'm, I'm positive that I'll be positive about it, but let's see how it goes. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right, everybody, I will talk to you all next week. So excited. So excited for a new Star Wars show. And, and, mm, mm, mm. All right. You know how this podcast ends. It can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. <laughs>